Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I am joined by Ed Lattimore. Ed is an ex-professional heavyweight boxer. He's a writer, a best-selling author. And I came across Ed's page uh, a couple of weeks ago on Instagram, and I felt that his content, his message was extremely timely and very relatable to me and will be highly relatable to all of you listening today. So, Ed, my man, how are you doing? Pretty good. You know, we, I always wonder how people find me and I couldn't remember uh, how because I just, one of my one of my mottos for life, I'm, I'm real big on just giving back and this is a way for me to do so whenever someone decides they want to listen to me me ramble on for an hour or so i just i just accept you know and unfortunately that hasn't you know come back to bite me or anything where i end up with some crazy podcast where we're talking about things i wouldn't endorse or even uh yeah. care to care to be associated with but yeah so i was just like oh man i wonder how how this one came about and i was like because over here it's 7 a.m I was like, yeah, and then I got just agreed at 7 a.m. too. So, all right, let's go. Let's have a good time. Let's let's see how this rolls. Nice so. one. Good start to the day, man. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that that's yeah. that's exactly it. I came across your page, uh, read through some of your your, your uh, content, watched some of your videos. I thought, okay, this guy's onto something here, and I sent you a message, and you were very quick to reply. Uh, usually, it takes several weeks to set up these sort of meetings with people. So. Uh, thank you for your, for your <laughs> pretty appreciate it. I think I think it was uh it was either James Olcher or Shane Parrish who who said um that the the key indicator of how long it's gonna take to set up a podcast with somebody is in their experience whether they have an assistant or not handling the setup. And I'm like, I'm a one man show over here. Maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. Yeah. Once as soon as I get a message, you know, I, I respond quickly. And, and one of the big reasons for that, aside from the the whole like I want to give back and and tell my story and help people out, is like opportunities move so fast. I mean, I can't I can't tell you how many things have come into my life because I answered a D because I have my DMs open, like even on Twitter where I have 154,000 followers my messages are open i answer everybody mm-hmm. uh i'm not i don't i don't think i'm above anyone you have there just more people who decide that they want to listen to or read whatever i write but that that doesn't make my my situation elevated that just <laughs> allows for a lot of opportunities to come through like this one that's brilliant man yeah i love that attitude so so yeah tell us tell us a bit about ed and your story and how you've come to be to this point right now. Yeah, so, so, so I've, um, well, what most people kind of know me for the, the boxing thing 
is only one part of it, but uh, but it's a fairly relevant part because uh, I started fighting late relative to the majority of people who fight. It's not that uncommon now, especially in the heavyweight game. Uh, for a guy to start at, in, at 22, that's when I started fighting. But uh, when, I, when I started fighting, I did it because uh, I really wasn't doing anything else in my life at all, and I needed something. I needed something, or rather I wanted something to kind of show that I was on this planet other than like drinking stories or whatever. So I, I got into the fight game and and fighting really helped me develop in, in all aspects of my life, not just the obvious physical part. And, and I think probably what's obvious is the discipline as well, but you also, uh, you also get to see what you're capable of accomplishing when you put your mind to it and how much you could change yourself and you, you realize that uh, what you are, what you start with is not necessarily what you have to end up with. And, you know, for example, I, I was just not a coordinated fighter. I had terrible footwork and, and I didn't have good technique, but I think this is probably every fighter. Uh, the difference is I was, I had a resolve to fix those things. And then from from taking my experience with that, seeing how it worked on my body, I did that with my mind as well. But I have an article on my site about how terrible I was at math in high school. And and I was probably about as, as bad, maybe a little worse than the average American. And and when I was 28, I went back to school, but I went back to school this time for physics and physics is heavy in math. And I was able to do that because I said, all right, I went and I made myself a fighter at this point because I turned pro, I think, the same year that I, I enrolled in school. But at that point in my amateur career, I had put together, I got a national title and a national ranking. And I had, I got sponsored, which is like very rare, but I had all these accomplishments as an amateur fighter. And that opened up doors for me. And I said, if I can do that with, with that, why can't I do the same thing with my mind? And so I just uh, took a very methodical approach to my physics studies as well. And eventually, you know, I graduated 33 and 36. Yeah, I graduated when I was 33. Uh, I got a degree in physics from back to school. And I, I tell those two stories often because uh, I want people to understand that you're not, I mean, there, there are, we all have our, our sets of, you know, limitations and talents. But I think that we sell ourselves short in what we can accomplish if we really want to do a thing. If we really want whatever whatever that is, right? Uh, we we have a much wider and greater capacity. And I know that from my own beliefs, just in my own life, uh, because because even where I'm at now is vastly different than how I grew up. I grew up poor and public housing i think i think over there on your side of the pond they call them a uh, council estates or something like right. that mm -hmm. uh i grew up in that that area uh to to a single mom and i was poor and didn't have a lot of opportunities and saw a lot of violence a lot of nonsense that comes with that environment but uh i i'm not there now i'm not even you know i i said you know when you turn 
36, that's every moment after turning 36, you've been an adult longer on this planet than you've been a child. And that's really kind of cool to think about because, you know, I haven't been back to the project since I was 18. So I got this whole life. This I got I got a life like my childhood life lived as an adult. And and, you know, you're not responsible for how you were born or where you were born. But, you know, what you do at that time is what you do at that time. And I think I've used that time well. So I try to be an example in all areas of my life uh, for that. Excellent, man. Humble beginnings. And yeah, that's when you say that I'm 36 as well. I never, I've never actually thought of that concept. So yeah, that to me has, uh, yeah, given me a bit of insight as well. That's quite powerful. So the, uh, 22, you started boxing. Mm-hmm. So what 22, was two? I decided this was, what was life like huh? up to 22 and what, what was the, this oh, was, man, I wasn't point. doing it. <laughs> Um, so what was life like up until 22? We're going to, um, we'll start at 18. Cause before, before that, it didn't really count. You know, high school, you're a kid. I wasn't doing a, th- I mean, I want to say I was doing nothing because that's not, that ain't, that ain't really correct to say. Um, but, but it was more like I was doing the bare minimum, man, uh i was working at a i had a i had a job at a starbucks and i thought that was crazy cool but they they paid me like 725 an hour plus tips and i got to go to a starbucks and i was a good i was a good barista it was a fun time but i remember uh i remember just thinking like this is this can't be it <laughs> so i um I volunteered or we'll volunteer. We have a program over here in the United States called AmeriCorps. And an AmeriCorps is is effectively volunteer wages. It was something like, I don't even remember. I think I made like $700 a month before tax. <laughs> and and it wasn't for the money, but it was like for these experience, experiences. You know, I'm trying to like become more. I don't know. I, I recognize at this point as I think all young men do, mm-hmm. that, that I'm kind of, I don't have any real value. Uh, and, and most guys at 18, 19, they don't have any value, man. Society is uh, the, is very rough on guys, but it needs to be because if it's not, you know, we don't, we don't develop, we don't grow. I really, really think that uh, pressure and obstacles are necessary for growth. They're not an impediment to it. So, I'm I'm just kind of wandering around at this point, and and you know I was dating this girl, and and that was going somewhere, but not really because it was it was you know my first serious relationship. I didn't really know anything about myself. I mean to put it in perspective, I remember I used to get angry because she never knew what she wanted to eat, <laughs> and that's like a normal thing with girls. <laughs> I just didn't know though. Right. She would she would go, I'm hungry. I'm like, where you want to? I don't know. Where you want to? I'm like, oh goddamn, right? But like these things are funny because you don't you don't know what to do, what to expect, and you're just going along with the flow and you and you don't even know one day you'll figure it out. You know, fortunately I did. But that that was pretty much my life, just aimless, uh hanging out, drinking, living for the weekend. Um 
and and there wasn't much going on. And then one day, because at this point there's a little there's a little side story to this. Uh, I had actually tried to go to college once. I tried when I first got out of high school. I failed miserably. I lasted one semester, well, well, two semesters. And then they were about to kick me out, but I quit and dropped out. And at this point, I'm starting to rally against how ridiculous I think college is. And, and the girl I was dating at the time was one of the people who heard my rallies. Except she's a professor. That's her. She's a biology professor. <laughs> and she said, she said, okay, let's pretend you're correct. Let's say college is worthless. But if you're done for the past four years, other than you know, come over to my house and eat my food. And I was like, wow, that's that's you know, I then she threw me out. And I remember um I remember feeling like like bad about that. I was like, man, she she's right. I've I've not progressed at all. So I said, how am I going to do this? How am I going to progress? And I looked at two options. I said, I can go to the military. Uh, but they were killing guys over there in Iraq. That's back when it, you know, when, when it was like at its height. And I wasn't really ready for that kind of sacrifice yet. I didn't know what, what, the, what the future held. Oh, I could fight. I found a gym. This back was right back right in 2008, I think, right around when YouTube was getting big. And one of the things on YouTube does well, these videos of guys fighting. I said, you know, that doesn't look too hard. I can do that. Uh, little that I know uh, how difficult it really is. Because it's one thing to go, it looks easy. It's a totally different thing to train yourself and commit to it. I think if you, if you go and say it looks easy, <laughs> but you go do it, uh, that's, that's fun. But when you, I, I never came in a fight with an ego, you know, I, I always I knew I had to work hard to be something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like that work ethic has, has, has stuck by you ever since you've obviously you've, you've had great success with the boxing and you appreciate that. I- you have yeah. success through that hard work and that dedication, that commitment, and that's kind of something that has become part of your life at this point. Well, yeah, and you know what's really cool about it is is I don't have any doubt in my mind that I'm capable of of life. There's like this whole this whole thing that's that's kind of funny. I don't know how big it is over there, but there were, it was floating around for a while with the millennial generation, people around our age over here. You know, this whole idea that, that like adulting is hard or something, this whole word of adulting, I hate to begin with. And and I just I never felt that way, not because I had more than anybody. I spent most of my life poor. It's only recently that I have anything that even resembles um, affluence. Mm-hmm. But it's because because I understand, you know, all I got, I got to survive. You know, I get up, but do what I got to do. And I'm always looking for a way to improve. That's all you can do. Right. I think a lot of people, they they want that improvement quickly or they want it easily. And so it never comes. And then they decide that the system is rigged and everyone's against them. It is the best we've ever had in the history of humanity. It's socially mo- social mobility. Like we, you know, I, I can sit here from my computer and change my life. That that and my, that's never been possible to be able to do business and communicate with people from around the world. 
from your computer a computer that you know i remember when i got my when, when my family we got our first computer i begged and pleaded my mom made some sacrifices and, and my dad actually pitched on a little bit of money and we got we got a gateway back when they used to have that cow on the box right <laughs> uh and, and that was like a twelve hundred dollar machine it wasn't even that great really you know but it was but it was what was working now now i mean anybody can go get a regular laptop man these things are like 150 dollars, man like it's crazy and they're good and from there you can go you have access to to our, all the knowledge in the world on, on this handheld device mm-hmm. smartphone people don't consider that um in all of its forms not just um not just like twitter but these things come along and you have the ability, you have access to all of it in a handheld device and, and all of these opportunities, all of these, this technology, a person can change their life if they want to. I've I've watched numerous people. That's one of the cool things about social media. I always say extraordinary people by definition don't come in clusters. What the internet allows you to do is find other people. And, and it doesn't matter where they are on their journey. I've watched people come from nothing and then surpass everybody and, and people who are made something and they, they kind of can talk to you about it, can pick the brains of all kinds of people. Uh, and you, you can do all kinds of work. But I think one of the things that really prepared me to be able to use all of this stuff to my advantage is that I figured out that is it that was my mindset prior to it to discovering any of it is I'm going to I'm going to figure this thing out I'm going to have a good time in this life you know yeah yeah you're doing that man but at the same time you know with all of the the power that we have at our hands literally at our hands in terms of the handheld devices the mobile phones the, mm-hmm. the laptops the technology it is it's very powerful but unfortunately a lot of those um you know you could either use it or abuse it and unfortunately a lot of people are abusing the the power of technology and oh you know they're they're using it to you know in a way that's damaging their lives instead of benefiting them their lives there's so much like you've got a be completely focused and, and disciplined when it comes to these devices and and technology because if you don't technology is going to ruin your life instead of you having uh, been able to rule your life and uh, i think that's been a, a detriment to many guys especially over the last year where oh, for sure you you haven't got the social outlets you know your gyms are closed down your your training facilities are closed down restaurants pubs are closed down so what do you do you 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 find you 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 socialize through your your devices through your phones and yeah okay there's some benefit to that you've got your zoom calls and skypes and facetimes all the rest of it but then at the same time you're lacking that maybe intimacy or that connection and you go a little bit deeper and then porn becomes a, a frequent thing and porn becomes so frequent that it becomes uh, almost like a, a crutch or an addiction yep. and uh, you know i've been there i understand that you know the the impact of that and yeah that almost takes over and you forget to uh yeah you forget to 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 live life or if you get that there's actually life outside of these devices too that needs to be lived and i work with a lot of um, teenagers at the moment as well and over the last year i've witnessed their demise in terms of gaming taking over and all of this 
socializing now has been done through gaming through a screen uh to the point where they're not even going outside anymore it's like it's gaming oh man you know it's, it's, it's so sad too because i think about how i met uh my two of my best friends we was in the ninth grade we were talking trash about who was better at this game this video game so you know what we did we went and settled it at uh at the arcade an arcade was a special place, man. Uh, especially at the, the turn of the uh, century, the, the late nineties, early twenty, early two thousands, because the technology was good enough to where, like, there was some great games. We Marvel versus Capcom two, and then the Soul Calibur and a Tekken four, right? It's mm-hmm. all that coming out, but. We didn't have the Xbox network. We didn't have PlayStation network. We didn't our Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. We didn't have that yet. So and 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 computer gaming was was still uh this thing that the nerds did. It wasn't mainstream like it is now. Mm-hmm. And and so gaming, even gaming was a social activity. That's true. And, and and properly social, not a bunch of people in a chat room yelling at each other, but you had to get together with your boys. I remember we, you know, the land parties were a thing where you had to get together and link up. Now I'm in technology. You don't need that. If you who who's having land parties anymore? Uh this stuff these this technology is so powerful. Yeah. But it, it it's it's weird because it's very natural for for guys to form groups and uh, centered around common interest. I, I think that's natural for people, mm-hmm. but it's probably a, probably a bit more uh, for guys because we tend to bond over competitive activity as opposed to like cooperative conversation, which is much more a uh, feminine realm. Mm-hmm. But when we, when we're uh, doing this, anything can kind of fit that mold. That's where you get guys on sports teams and the military or whatever. But a lot of us take the path of least resistance. Uh, in fact, it's very rare for, for a human to just decide to do the more difficult thing. And in this, that case, it would be getting your boys together to, you know, let's all go down and run, run a 515 or something like that. Instead, it's let's get a bunch of guys together and play video games except let's not get together let's all sit our at our home where we don't have to interact or anything and and let's stay up all night on the network and the network now is so cheap that it's not even cost prohibitive mm-hmm. yeah far too easy yeah. and it's uh because of the ease there's no there's very little growth or there's very little progress from that point too, isn't it? I mean, it's, as you mentioned earlier, you only grow through that struggle. The struggle is a necessity for, for growth, for progress, for success. So, but it's, it's easier for us to sit here, I guess, and, and see it for what it really is in terms of understanding how the lack of a of a struggle, lack of a problem, lack of a challenge is going to be detrimental to your progress and growth in life. But if you're a teenager, um, all you really see, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate, and you know, if you're cast your mind back to your 16, 17, perhaps 18 year old self, all you really see and all you really care about is you know the moment right now, or you know. Oh yeah, that's that's for day, sure. And you get caught up. Well, in that. Well, you know what's interesting about that, right? 
so so to to a to a larger degree uh yes i i think one of one of the biggest uh detriments to being young is that you don't have a frame of reference for time and you really don't get that you know i i didn't really appreciate it probably until i was like 25 26 and then the, the you know time starts being this thing because you, you start having like lots of real memories as an adult that are not recent you know but like when you're when you're 26 you can like remember being 16 and you're like oh that's you know a decade ago but i, I very clearly remember that yeah. uh so in that regard that occurs but i remember one of the one of the big things that always drove me is as i said i i cannot end up how i am you know because i well i couldn't control how i was born i can control where i was born i did have control over what I could do to get out and what I could do to not go back. You know, I'm, I'm very proud to say I haven't, you know, slept in a, in a project since I moved out. You know, I, I, I couldn't even, and, and there, there came a point and it was way before the, anything I'm, uh, I am now, there came a point where I was like, there's just no way I'll ever end up back there. I mean, I, I don't know how, how or what would have to happen for me to get back there, but that's not, Mm -hmm. that's not ever going to occur you know mm -hmm. so uh that that future orientation while you can't well while you you, you do it, it just takes a while for your brain to go oh, man tom this thing it's going to take it's going to pass uh you can always strive towards something and and i think in having worthwhile goals that that mean something to you uh, you can you can do quite a bit of, of future pacing and planning in your life in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, kind of going back to uh, your own, I suppose your own turning point there when when you started boxing. Did, like, what was that? What did that consist of in terms of okay? You know, I know you've kind of talked about the decision and all the rest in terms of that, you know, is this enough or, you know, I should be doing more or I want to do more or want to be more. But can you associate the, the, the feeling or the drive or the hunger that was behind that in terms of like what really created that change in your life? And that it was a serious change in direction. I mean, going from working in Star Wars, um... becoming a successful fighter well well, here, well here's the funny thing about it right um when you when you when i first started fighting i i did it the right way which is i was an amateur which means no one cared that i was doing it this is key i mean you know no one cared outside like the fight community and then you know you get an amateur fight you go get an amateur and and you you do better and you improve um but but it's not like there was a major change in my life all of a sudden because i was um because i was fighting like no i mean it, it took a little while and it's not like i had i could i could quit my job or anything no I mean, in fact very often I, I remember there was a time i was working two jobs i was fighting because there's no money in fighting certainly no money in amateur fighting mm -hmm. uh you you fight because there's something in you uh or or you you see the benefit of it mm -hmm. like what would it what it can do for you uh and not everyone you know i i think the person that shows up to the gym 
to fight because they have a bunch of like pent up aggression or whatever. I don't I don't think they're going to last because one of the things that fighting very quickly uh, does is it forces you to control your temper. You you just don't have that option. You're not going to be able to to go, oh, I'm going to wild out like, no, nah, you're not going to last and, and you'll get hurt. You know, for for let's forget like the the ego aspect of it not being likable, you're yeah. just gonna get hurt. So, uh, there was there was no immediate. You know, as much as I like to say there was an immediate kind of change in transition. No, it was. It took a little while. It, it took a little while, but the better you want to become at something, uh, the more you give this thing up. And when you give it up. You're a lot more focused on on everything. You're a lot more in control of yourself. You you know what, um, you 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 know what your weaknesses are, right? And if you don't know what makes you weak, man, you're not you're not gonna be ever ever be in a position to become stronger, become better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the reasons I stopped drinking. One of, one of the big reasons I stopped drinking is because boxing. Uh, was molding me and I was like I can go along with what fighting and it's turning me into or I can fight it with my own bad habits unfortunately I've always had um, the ability to kind of think clearly and strategize for the future but it, but it wasn't it still wasn't even easy there to, to, to give up alcohol you know but but once that was done you know you make you make big strides and you see how Mm-hmm. Uh, how much better life can be, how much better life is. Yeah, got a clarity and focus. And it's, you know, going through that process as well. I'm sure you had many setbacks and challenges. Uh, and from those setbacks and challenges, of course, you, you grew stronger from it. But what have been some of the biggest lessons in that journey so far? Like, I'm not even, not even your just your fighting career, but even up to this point where you're at in your life right now, what have been some of the biggest challenges and obstacles you've overcome that's maybe going to inspire men listening to this today who are in the middle of those struggles or in that pit right now in their lives well you know you you have to remember that everything it i guess i'll state the challenge first kind of uh believing in the abundant universe because I really think it's not until you understand how abundant this world is that you you stop living in it like you're scarce. Once you understand that everything is out there for you um, and no one's keeping it from you, then you start to ask yourself the, mo- the, the most natural question then from there is, how do I get it? If no one's keeping it from me, but I don't have it, how do I get it? And that sparks a journey of of self-discovery and self-discipline and self-improvement that is what i want guys to take and what i want guys to use i want them to understand that they can have anything they want i mean we we live in a really a golden beautiful age as we were talking about before with all this technology and all this access, this is no longer a pipe dream. This is not something that someone's just writing and thinking. It's very real and very easy to see. You get that and you understand that, then then at that point, it's just 
it's just going after whatever way you decide to do it is up to you that's going to fit your personality but everything is there you know i self-publish books and i live off the royalties that is like like you want to talk about a pure act of abundance i i took my experiences sat down wrote them up the internet exists so i i, I put a polish on them put a product out and now a thing that was in my head now contributes to my bank account and lets me manipulate the world physically and improve my quality of life that's not a sign of what's possible and not everyone can do it like that some guys uh they go they go write ads for people write copy or or they they get into drop shipping or whatever like there's Mm -hmm. so many ways to do it Mm -hmm. to change your life and i'm and that's just the, the material aspect of it one of the things that I did uh, at the height of the lockdowns, I was in a uh, two-hour day Spanish conversation course where I was just talking. And that's how you gain really command of a language. You speak it constantly. And it was through Zoom and, and the people in Colombia. And that made a big difference in my Spanish, right? So if you want to learn a language, you can go learn a language. You know, any book you want to read, you don't have to worry about getting it shipped. Usually you can just go on Kindle one click and you re- and read it on your phone, which is crazy to me. You don't even need a Kindle reader anymore. There's an app for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I highlight all these things and the list could go on and go on. Point is that you you realize how abundant and plentiful uh, the world is. Once you do that and you start asking yourself, stuff why don't i have it that should lead to some self-reflection and in that self-reflection you figure out what you have to do to acquire and it's and it's almost less it's almost always less than what you think yeah and it's it's always and it's only difficult because it's different but once you do it the first time you're like oh that's what i can do Mm. yeah for sure like i've i've been there man and it's uh you know i've (laughs) You know, I started this business after I was made redundant from a job, a job that I felt safe and secure in and was uh, was planning a career in. And all of a sudden it's taken taken away from me and was the best thing that ever happened, of course. But at the time, uh, there's a, there was a, a longing to, to fit back in that mold into the career. And, you know, it, it was almost this is what, I need to do this is what's normal this is what everybody else needs to do i need to get on the clear, career ladder i need to make money i need to have uh, steady income coming in i need to have safety and perhaps that's the biggest thing that holds men back from making the changes because they are feeling safe they're feeling comfortable in jobs oh in absolutely you know relationships so comfort is is the absolute worst thing and and well, what's not the worst thing uh, but, but in terms of making a change in your life is the worst thing. Because here's the funny thing about comfort. Comfort does not mean good. It just means you don't want to change it because you feel like the energy required to do so, the cost of that energy exceeds the value uh, that you get mm-hmm. for doing so. And that can really screw up a lot of things because, look, at the end of the day, uh, we we are creatures that seek the most energy efficient configuration and the path of least resistance. And and we'll always take that. Well, at least we'll always prefer that. 
So if if a thing is comfortable, but it's not meeting you, and it's dangerous, you know, anything that's comfortable is, is dangerous, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I still, I mean, think about what you do when you go to the gym. You are making yourself uncomfortable. And, and no one says you have to, you know, for, for better or worse, we live in a world now. Uh, you don't need to be strong to survive. It's just a perk. Uh, of course, you know, your health certainly enjoys that, but your health also enjoys people not drinking. It enjoys you getting eight hours of sleep. It enjoys not smoking. Like it enjoys a lot of things that people do that um that doesn't necessarily kill them, is my point bringing that up. Mm-hmm. So when you decide that you wanna you wanna go like uh do something out of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is going to be like, wait a second, buddy. You sure it's worth it? You know, things are really good. At the very least, things aren't bad, which is, you know, we're, we're programmed to to avoid loss at all costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if you need to, the uh, the prize on the other side of that challenge needs to be worth more than the challenge itself as such like it needs to be worth right and you have to see that you know i could tell you that but you have to see it for yourself and then yeah i mean what you have to do is you you have to invert it because if if you know let's just use a fitness goal you know let's say getting a 13 percent body fat which isn't exceptionally difficult but that is not uh, most people aren't going to most guys aren't just going to end up there one day. Right. It takes a little work. And for you to do that, you have to you have to look at the goal and go, OK, what I'm going to get out of this is greater, uh, is more satisfactory and in the future and in the face of hardship and, and immediate discomfort, you have to go, OK, this is worth it. And what I'm doing to not reach that, uh, that is lower priority. But the thing is, the reason why you're not doing that is, you know, it's kind of kind of fun going out and drinking beer and eating stuff and not not giving up that hour to go to the gym. Yeah. But, For but sure. once once you once but once you value it, then you're like, oh God, how could I ever let myself get back to that? But but we we don't want to do difficult work that does not have an immediate return if you understand that then you understand why why most people don't have uh you know i only know the stats in america and we can you know kind of extrapolate that to the to other nations and and how it and, and really the only difference would be i think how their government you know treats and responds yeah. to certain things but the fact that most people don't want to do hard work that doesn't have an immediate a payoff reflects itself in the fact that here in America, more than something like two thirds of people uh, couldn't survive a thousand dollar emergency because they don't have any funds saved up because saving up your money is one of those things. It's, it's not exactly hard. It's just, you know, don't spend this, but there's no immediate return. That's why here in the United States, we're, we're, we're very much in, in our lifetime, realistically, in the next five years, we'll see an 80% obesity or overweight rate. And people go, oh, BMI doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, no, it is pretty accurate if you're not an outlier. Or, or, or whatever people say that, I always flip the question back and I go, okay, how many people do you know 
who look obese, but they come back normal on the obesity scale. No one ever, and, and, and no one ever thinks of it that way because no one's ever phrased it. That's one of the, the values of a physics degree. You learn how to think about these problems <laughs> and, and phrase them differently. But uh, yeah, so but because because that's that because losing weight and staying in shape uh, compared to just you know you go to your computer you watch some netflix you hang out go get some food they're like that that's hard mm-hmm. the, the, that is much more fun mm-hmm. controlling your diet and training mm-hmm. is is more difficult and you see most most humans are choosing the way of ease mm-hmm. our relationships now you know another another advantage of, of being a millennial is is our childhood and our even our early dating years, there were no apps. There were no there was no online dating. Uh, you know, we had to go ask girls out, get their phone numbers, see where this thing was gonna go, uh, take some risk, waste a little time, like real time. You know, <laughs> guys complain about being flaked on, but at least you get flaked on before you had to. We we were actually wasting time, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and so so it's easy now. There's no social social stress. There's no physical stress. And, and there's no emotional stress. So when we get a little bit of emotional stress, we freak out. Mm-hmm. We we think adulting is hard. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard because we are not doing the the hard things in life where, you know, we're living in this ease. And then when things do get difficult, we're not capable of, of handling the situation. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing now, like compared to when we were kids or when we were like even ten years ago, as you said, like the rise of social media—it's only been over the last ten, last ten years. But um, it's just so easy to fall into the comfort trap today because everything is just so accessible on your phone. Uh, you can order food in your phone. You can watch porn. Oh, that's yes, right. Your intimacy needs—you've got. Uh, the dating apps as you said so you don't have to actually go out there and, and risk an actual rejection in your face <laughs> there's uh there's just like the comfort is in your pocket every single day and we didn't have that now as, as kids and as teenagers perhaps uh, when we were growing up um you know we had the tv perhaps or we had you know some video games yeah but, you know it, that was that was it TV. Yeah. Though it's funny, man. Um, now we can really, before we had to rely on like Nielsen's, Nielsen's, uh, Nielsen's scan numbers to kind of estimate how long, how many hours people were consuming television. But now we, you know, we got to come to the direct data because, because I don't, I don't know how many people, uh, under the age of like 50 or 60 and even then you know i just got my mom involved in the streaming or whatever uh watch tv in the sense that they don't have it you know being fed to them through an internet connection and they have selection but the other a person on average spends 27 hours per week oh on these services that's on average i i, I need to find the mean i mean the median because I suspect that that number, is, the the mean is probably a bit higher, mm-hmm. or the median's a bit higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect that because because twenty seven hours is only an average of. I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying only, but uh, it's only an average of of, of four hours a day, and and I know 
<laughs> because of the way this system is set up, uh, the the four hours a day is that's just that's not. Um, yeah, I, I I can't. Let's put it like this: most people binge watch stuff, and then they look for the next thing to binge watch. Mm-hmm. And you figure a good series is is you know forty minutes to an hour. Like right now, my big thing is I got I got to show I watch the gym. That's how I get around it, right? I, outside when I'm hanging out with my girl, we like to watch movies. But um, the show at the gym, I go and watch that show when I'm running. I watch Law and Order, SVU. I put my my phone up and I, I put in put in two two and a half miles, uh, in, in like twenty five thirty minutes and watch the show. That's how I get my running in. Most <laughs> people ain't doing that, right? Most people are just like I'm gonna fire it up, you know, come back from the gym. Uh, so so it's it's it's, it's a very easy one, but but that's the double edged sword of technology, right? Not every, I would in fact say most people, kind of by definition, one of the things that spurns calls and discussions like this, most people uh, are not going to use the technology to improve their life, at least not in a long term fashion. They'll certainly get short term entertainment and that will create the illusion of improvement. But the reality is when you take away the laughs and the giggles, what do you have? Do you have something built? Do you have intellectual property? Do you have dividends flowing in somewhere? Do, we, do, do people at least know who you are? Uh, stuff like that. Like, what, what can you what can you flip that into? And it's not there. You yeah. know, so I, th- I think I think it is amoral. But I think this is no different than than any time before. I think the big difference now is that we are so connected and we were so reached out. I think human nature has always been human nature. I always used to tell my mom, if 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 I was born in, in like the slums of Mumbai or something like that, I had to figure my way out. I like to think anyhow, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you have come from, uh, as I said, humble beginnings and uh, difficult beginnings and just... Uh, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about as well is on your on your content a lot of the content that you uh, that you post and, and speak about is seems to be about addiction. And I'm just curious yeah. uh, what why of what what's what's the premise behind that message or what's so the- so you know my my experience with alcohol right I had a. Uh... I had a drinking problem and then I went and got behind that drink and I got in front of it before it caused too much damage. No, no, no one. And here's the thing. No one wakes up and goes, you know what? I have a drinking problem and I'm done. Like the, that. I wish it happened that way. We, we could save a lot more mm-hmm. people and prevent a lot more damage. If it, if it happened that way, then happen that way. We, we usually have to get pretty low, pretty rock bottom. And and from there we have then we go okay done drinking all right so so that that's my experience and then from there I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about people and and I learned that that a lot of us who end up with with an addiction to something is to cope we might not know what we're coping with. Sometimes we do. In fact, a lot of times people know exactly what they're coping with. Um, or, or rather, it is evident when you, after a few conversations with them beneath the surface. But but I really believe that most people who end up addicted and with the with the problems that 
that come with addiction and there there are numerous we're not even talking about the legal ramifications that's just one part but uh i think a lot of times they become this way they they take this path because they're looking for relief and they don't and we were just not one thing humans are bad at i think we're, we're getting better there certainly seems to be uh an indication that that's the case anyway uh one thing that we're bad at uh we we just don't have the proper language and structure for a lot to, to deal with a lot of uh, to deal with trauma uh, because one thing happened we we never had to because life used to be so hard you didn't have to you, no no one really had time to sit around and wallow right uh, this is this is no judgment. This is just one of the side effects of of this world now. Now, uh, you don't get to, you like you can't drown yourself in your problems or in your work to, to ignore your problems. They're going like your work ain't that hard anymore. It's not that engaging. You're gonna have to deal with it, okay? And and I know that from dealing with my issues and then talking to people who have dealt with their issues, I understand. I know that. Um, it's an important thing, and I think it's an important thing that to tackle and deal with, because because this goes kind of back to the theme of this entire conversation. At the end of the day, it's a shortcut. It's a, it's a quick fix. It just so happens to come with an extraordinary cost. It's a fuel that burns up the host as well, kind of deal. If you if you are going to uh, consume substances to alter your minds. So you don't have to face the reality you're in. Uh, one would think change your reality, but even that is that's very difficult because the mere act of using a substance kind of makes it more difficult to change the reason why you're using the substance. Uh, so so I write about that stuff because of, because through my and I only write about it because I've experienced it if I haven't experienced it if I had not experienced it I wouldn't have anything to say about it mm -hmm. but because I do and because I look and, and because I got it under control you know some people assume different things or become different when they when they beat a problem and they, they lose the sympathy for people struggling with the same problem I'm not sympathetic to anyone. What I am is I try to understand. And when, after I understood it, I said, you know, most people like like I, when I go and talk to people at AA meetings, the common thing I hear, you hear too many commonalities to go. OK, this is just um, this is just a one off case. Why, why is everyone? Why, why, why do so many of us come from backwards homes? Right. Why do so many of us have? have a social circle that, that enables this, right? Why do so many of us uh, not have, uh, or, or come from like like former military service, right? There's all the, these, these backgrounds and you go, okay, what are these commonalities? And you start to see um, the big meta commonality is coping, trying to cope. And I think that that if you can you can get through to a person and get them to kind of understand that because because look i could tell you you're coping until uh, it's on blue in the face it won't mean a thing until you go you know what i'm coping right that's what you, you got to get a person to have the realization themselves mm -hmm. and then they they make it you know I, I think about the people i talk to 
and the AA, and they're all afraid of the same thing. They're all afraid of losing the social circle. Think about how strange that is. Like, like they're not afraid of not being able to, to stay sober. They're afraid of losing the support system. That should tell you that it is not about just being drunk. It's not about just popping a pill. It's not about just smoking something. There's a real um, structure that comes with that. And a sense of security, it's almost like joining a gang, really. And, and instead of breaking, a, instead of going to go rob people, you got you to hit the bottle a few times a week hard. And then when you're in this gang and we are our friend, when we might not, we might treat it like shit, but we got a social net. And that gives you something that you're not getting elsewhere or you can't find elsewhere. And, okay. and that, that, yeah. And so that I just I have a lot I have a lot of thoughts about this uh, because because I, I, I've experienced it and then through my experience, you know, people talk to me. It's one of the reasons why I put my experiences out there, uh, because if I can do it, if I can say it, then people, you know, will respond in kind i think mm -hmm. and i can't you know i don't have any illusions i can't save everybody can't even save most people but there are a few people who are like right on the edge and because they have a conversation with me they make a big change in their life that reverberates through their entire social circle and the people who are connected with them brilliant yes ed very important man and it's great to have men like yourself out there who are responsive and who can understand and uh, relate to these people and as you said somewhat help them out uh, because you've been there yourself you've come through the darkness and you found the light to a certain extent so ed if, if these guys wanted to reach out to you where is the best place to find you uh yeah so i'm i'm ed Lattimore all over the internet which is great i feel bad for anybody who comes along with my name and wants to do this whole <laughs> uh internet thing is gonna be hard man but yeah at latimore.com is my website at latimore is my twitter handle at latimore is my instagram handle at latimore is my facebook handle at latimore boxer is my facebook business page handle uh yeah i'm just at latimore all over man i'll be adding those in there anyway but uh Ed, man, this has been a, a brilliant conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and taken a lot of value from this myself. And I'm sure it's going to be highly valuable to all the listeners. So thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing this again sometime in the future. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. I had a good time chatting as well. You're welcome, man. Take care, man.